Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Carousel Podcast. I am here with Astral, just really Astral is what everybody calls you, I feel like. Yeah, it's just um, Astral. Just Astral. And you are an absolute impresario of our scene on Twitter and on Substack. Your Substack is maybe my second favorite to Delicious Tacos is, which is really his is not really original so yours is maybe my first favorite it is astralflight.stubsack.com and of course that'll go in the show notes trying to describe who you are is a little bit difficult you're one of those people that like you need to know in order to understand because you're this is a horrible word but you're almost like a power broker of our dissident literary (laughs) scene but you're also a fantastic writer one of the most insightful writers about literature I've definitely ever read. Not that I've read that much like comparative lit, although I have read some. And what you're creating is almost like independent academia. It's almost like you're creating a whole like university. Like I could see there being astral university one day because you know all the people in the scene, you're very supportive of it. You have a great sense of who's who and you're offering up this really cool comparative literary take on culture and your own shift from left to right. So I cannot recommend your work enough. And it's just, you're such a century point into our scene. So I, I think you're a, a, wow. a great person to have coming on here. Anyway, okay, enough. I, I'll have, let you introduce yourself from here. I have nothing to add to that. That says it all uh, at AFS cast astral flight, substack.com. Uh, that's the show. No, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm very flattered. I think I deserve maybe maybe a fifth of what you just said. Um, maybe less than that. Um, the only the only compliment I'll really take is that uh, I try really hard to put a fresh and unique literary analysis um, into my my work on literature, and I am trying to conscientiously create an alternative to the drivel that is offered to you know the mainstream or just to the average person who read a really exciting book and typed it into Google and wanted to find something um, interesting online to read about it because there's not much out there. And I ha- I'm not in, I've never really was in academia. Um, but, you know, when I was there 20 years ago, it wasn't too bad, but they tell me it's, it's declined greatly since then. And that's not really a place for people to turn to get real uh, intellectual, you know, to get their intellectual curiosity satisfied. So, um, you know, I'm only here because lots of other people came before me and I kind of like found out and discovered through uh, a person we both mutually admire, Curtis Yarvin. Um, I was I was a fan of his and not just a fan of his, but like started to get drawn into the community online that he kind of uh, engendered. Because, you know, we're, I, I think we'll probably talk about him later more in detail, but he he is just now starting to take like a really active role in the uh, scene growing up around his work. But when I found him like around the time of the 2016 election and the few years after that, it was really like, you know, the NRX people were like readers of his work. And that kind of drew me in. And over the years, I kind of discovered that... Uh, and I, I've said this elsewhere, but I felt like I was in a desert and I felt like, uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, an intellectual desert and like a, a, an artistic desert from like mainstream American culture and criticism. Uh, 
And when I kind of got drawn into his world, the world that sprung up around his blog, Unqualified Reservations, which I, you know, I know you're also a fan of. I realized that there was this whole scene going on and the scene now, you know, I guess I've been paying attention to it for probably five or six years, but only like I've only been involved in it for about two or three. Um, it has grown exponentially since then. So, you know, I really don't I don't think I deserve <laughs> some some of the things you said but i'm glad i give people that impression because maybe that will like get me more followers and get more people to follow my Substack and <laughs> things like well, that you already have a ton of twitter followers you grew really fast in yeah twitter. i i did and i i feel like i figured out like a formula on how to do that and i don't want to i don't want to give it away no i'm just kidding i'll, I'll oh, share it i'll share it but there <laughs> but there's two ways there's two ways one one's very interesting and one is one is less interesting the less interesting way uh i feel can only get you so far though you have to you have to grow it on your own merits but uh i just and i told this story before so i'll make a, a brief version of it but actually me and you met because of the new right podcast there's yeah. great guys and you're friends with them and you first heard me there i believe right and i first you because because your episode followed mine immediately yeah i think that's i think right. i'm 30 and you're 31 so yeah it's like it was like meant to be yeah um yeah. <laughs> so so um, so I tell the story there. So if anybody's interested, I tell it in like great detail. Uh, you can go listen. But to make a long story short, I, I hit a rough patch in my life, as you do. Um, and I how do I say this uh, without getting too melodramatic? I was I was I was very I was very much into the um, what is that scene called? That book like the conspiracy against the human race and uh like they're like nihilists i can't even remember now but there was this whole like this anti-natalist scene you oh, know yeah, you've, right. you've heard yeah, of that before that's the um what's his they're name? like the shooter the adam lanza oh well no i wasn't into that but like no, yeah but that's, yeah he was like an anti-natalist yeah right. i talked about this on another on another one actually yeah and um there's another guy i was gonna say his name i forgot who it was so, but of course I was, you know, uh, nihilism. Yeah. I was, so I was reading like Nietzsche and a lot of other stuff and it was like really feeding this like super like negative feedback loop. And then because of Curtis Yarvin, I discovered Bronze Age mindset and it like snapped me out of it. And I like totally saw the other side of the coin, which is vitalism, you know? And it like, it like, it like reignited something in me that I thought was like gone forever, you know? So the reason why this is uh, relevant to what you were saying is that uh, I just sent, bronze age pervert like a little message on twitter that i didn't think he'd even ever respond to like hey i read your work it really helped me out of a dark place um and i'm i really appreciate you your book is amazing and it's like it's like it's like your it's like you put to paper the little voice inside my head that i like was ignoring for like most of my life you know what i mean uh and he ended up responding to me like you know he's a busy guy but it was it was thoughtful and uh, ended up retweeting me a bunch. So that that really uh, gave me like a big kick. Uh, so that, that gave me like a, okay. yeah, that gave me like a huge kick. Um, but you know, you're, you, you have to, um, you have to tweet on your own merits, of course. You're not gonna, it's not gonna go anywhere. Uh, it is the DM relationships though, that really do help, you know? Well, see that, and that comes later. Yeah. Well, BAP actually, I had the same experience with BAP, believe it or not. No, I, I think you've talked about it somewhere. What, yeah, what your... this was on an old account. A very. Oh, oh, okay. I had multiple old accounts. I had one called Hypernormie for a little while. That's a great name. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And he was, when I was hypernormy, he was retweeting me and we would talk. We actually chatted quite a bit. Um, for I don't remember why I, I had somehow you read, appealed Had you read his him. book at that point? Oh yeah. I mean, this was okay. before his book. This was, oh, was before, it? this was before Bronze Age Mindset came out. Oh wow. Like right around, right around when it came out. Um, I think it was because Delicious Tacos vouched for me and Curtis vouched for me. Um, so I had, you know, I, I'll just be really quick. My my story is I had like the best entree into this world you could ever imagine. I was being like marched into this world at, at the top. And, you know, I had Menaquinone who I did the whole, uh, that piece about like bioing him. Well, don't, don't give too much of this away, man. You're coming on my show and this is the stuff I want to talk right, to you about. No, but finish your thought though. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying like, this is all the stuff I want to talk to you about. Sure. Um, anyway, but I just sort of then got afraid like a bitch and ran away. And now I'm like, you know, in that great speech in uh, Gangs of New York, when he says, and I looked away at the last moment when Priest Valen, you know, was going to kill me. And then I cut that eye out <laughs> and yeah. I replaced it. Yeah, man. replaced well, it with an American flag and I rose up with a, you know, a full heart. That's kind of how I feel like what I'm doing now. It's like I bitched out and now I'm like, I'm never doing that again. Like, I'm never going to. I really, you know, what I, mean? I really want to hear about what you mean about bitched out and why, but. But maybe I mean, I could... just abandoned nothing really. I didn't like do anything. I didn't like. Oh, you just like I just deleted left. your account just, or something. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I deleted my account and I like severed all those ties. Like I was just like, I bye, Curtis, bye I everybody. See. You know, I'm gonna just go deep into advertising more or less. And I just didn't. I just totally took for granted what I had. You know, I I just right. like completely right, right. didn't. And then realize. you look back on it and you're like, I'd be huge now. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like <laughs> massive. I'd be like one of the OGs. You know, if yeah, I had to fuck yeah. it up. Anyway, all right, let's no, let's go back to you though. So. Um, how did you, okay. So it, it seems like bronze age pervert you're saying really helped you out of a dark time, which is, is very cool. That's kind of how you grew on Twitter before this dark moment, when you were reading uh, Nietzsche and nihilism, uh, were, what were you, um, no, I'm just agreeing with you. Were you, I think you started as being pretty far left at certain points. Yeah. And so how did that Genesis happen? Oh, okay. 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 So it's like a whole, it's like a whole long story. Um, let me, let me see if I can, because that new right episode, I tell a lot of the story and I tell, yeah. you know, part of the reason I was in a dark place was because I, I got into my like mid thirties and I had kind of hit me. Like I don't hang out with any of my childhood friends because they're all in prison dead or, you know, the few that have made it have gone through recovery and like, don't talk to anybody from their, you know, how people do that. They'll like leave their hometown, they'll, they'll you know um people with addiction problems sometimes they'll leave their hometown when they try to get clean and they kind of cut ties with all their old friends um and I, you know i myself was never like a junkie but like all my friends went down that path and it kind of hit me like in in middle you know midlife for me like why wasn't that me you know what i mean like i had this weird i don't know if it how this sounds but like you like go back over your life and you go back over your past and the choices you've made and like how you came here to where you are and how it could have gone differently. And it kind of hits you like, well, why didn't I go down that path that they did? Like, why did I, you know, make it? And they didn't type, I mean, that sounds a little bit too melodramatic than it really is, but like, it like really like fucked me up. Plus um, other things happened too. Like I, I, I devastated my back uh, deadlifting 
So like, and that's a huge part of why Bat was such a big deal to me because when I read his book, I had like kind of like maybe it was two years out from the back injury and it was like a, a year of just pain and then like another year of like trying to get back into it. So like all this was going through my head at the same time um, and I found his book and it like kind of got me back to where I was before all that happened. And, you know, there's more to it. Um, and then the leftist thing doesn't really play in, except, you know, if you read Bronze Age of Pervert, you know, he's uh, ostensibly right wing, I guess. But he's not he he's if you know him, like if you know his work closely, like the way he tweets and stuff, he's not like he's like this new thing. I mean, do you yeah. agree with that? I feel like he's like this whole new thing that he created. Yeah. I think it, it is kind of like that. I mean, he's, I mean, who's his, who's his antecedent. Right. I don't think he has one. Yeah. Does he have an antecedent? It's a good question. Like who would be the left wing version of him? Um, or wait, or wait, right you wing. mean, you no, mean there, sorry, antecedent, no, right. Um, there's no right wing person that I mean, that I can the, think of that was like him before. The mind goes to Curtis immediately. And, you know, it's funny because Curtis actually says a thing about how we've become such pussies. He might have said this on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember him ever saying that word on anyone's podcast. We've become so absolutely unable to imagine any real physical conflict that any action, any political action has to be absurd in its core. It has to be like a flash mob. Dude, <laughs> like, but, like, like any yes, political Yes, he did action. say that on my show. Yeah, he did yeah. say that on my show, but he didn't say pussies though. <laughs> well, whatever. But people whatever are, is. everyone is now. And it's everyone true. Like if you now. look at the political moments that like matter to us, it's like, think about like, uh, what do they call it? Flight man. Remember the guy who stole the plane? Oh Yeah. Yeah, they just yeah yeah. Uh, what was his name? The, uh, Sky know. King, Sky King, like Sky King. So, see, yeah, Sky yeah. King, Sky King. I mean, it's a sad story, but he's like a right wing hero, and what he did yeah. is just like a stunt. You know, I mean, it's almost just this borderline thing. Same thing with the well, tractor guy. You know, Tractor Man with like the concrete yeah. tractor. Well, he right. Yeah, you know, it's like our our heroes aren't killers. They're these people who like do this crazy over the top like stunt almost it's funny you should say this though because i was just thinking about it. It, it it like i didn't i didn't say that about um when i just said that bap didn't have any antecedents that i could think of i wasn't setting this up uh but i was thinking recently that the closest thing i could come up with is like the theater of the absurd people like the french surrealists like because a big did you listen to the latest episode the latest episode every fucking time i do anything it turns into a commercial for bat but that's cool though because i'm i would be nothing without him so it's fine i just i don't know if people <laughs> get sick of it but um uh, the last episode of caribbean rhythms episode 116 uh he's got this quote that i'm gonna fuck up but he says something like uh you need to live dangerously like you can you can uh walk <laughs> You can walk into the kitchen while you're at a rest at a nice restaurant and demand a spicy pickle, or you can sit sit down outside of a Vietnamese restaurant and call nine one one and tell them that they poisoned you inside and you need to go to the hospital. And it's like it hit me when I was listening to that. Like this is surrealism. Like this is the theater they observe. This is like performative like Love disruption. That. And in his book, he talks about um, Alcibiades. And Alcibiades had this like I'm not like a Greek scholar, so I can't really give the whole thing. But he's got this like storied career uh, of like being in the uh, Peloponnesian War. And I think he was like 
a nobleman who inherited like not just land, but also an, an army and troops and stuff. And I, I, I think he was a fail. I think he would like, I can't remember exactly what happened. He like got called up and refused to fight or something like that. But there's this whole other story about him that historians know. But the only thing Bap wants to tell in his book is about how he likes does a handstand on the table and exposes his genitals to like all the like the high society people because he's like uh, he's a disruptor and he's a jester and he was saying like that's like the the energy we need to like recapture and he's trying to like instill that in people so you know that's the energy that he has and i think yeah, so, yeah exactly he's like the he's like the intellectual version of of this sort of absurd and you know it's funny i was talking on my podcast i released today with this guy brett craig it's an incredible story he's like yeah the real life don draper got canceled it was it's amazing he was like christian and they were kind of coming for him so the reason i'm bringing this up is that when that guy brett craig was getting canceled he was trying to come up with all these rational arguments against whatever we call it the left whatever we want to say the fact is, it's not a rational fight. So when we come up with rational arguments, we look stupid. We look like boomer con, like, you know, bloggers who are being like, these are the four reasons why you're wrong. And yeah. that does not do shit. It yeah, doesn't no, do anything. Everyone hates it. Right. Whereas to truly occupy this space, you have to respond with even greater absurdity to the absurdity that they're giving to you. Yeah, and that totally. that's how, that's why BAP is so effective. That's why these you know, uh, strange, random examples. I mean, I hate to say Ted Kaczynski, even in his own way, um, not that I'm favoring this in any way, shape or form, but what I'm saying is these sort of like stunty behaviors seem to resonate so much more than any writing, political, anything. So I think like BAP is sort of capturing the energy of the absurd. And you're right. It's like maybe the precursor were the absurdists who just kind of, so who were the you you've talked a lot about them who were the absurdists? well I, i'm not i don't know enough about them to really give a dissertation on it or anything like that but i do know that like street performance and spontaneous and th- there was two there was two um there's there's many better people equipped to talk about this than me uh so i'm just gonna refer you to them and maybe we want you can have one of them on your show but I know that they had like two iterations. One was in like the 20s and one was in like the like 68 around like the situationists and stuff. And a big part of their thing was to like go out. I mean, the more I talk about this, the more I think Bat must have read them because one of their things is to like go out into the city and 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 do things spontaneously that you're like inspired to do in the moment and don't um don't like go along the 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 prescribed path of like what you're supposed to do uh through your day-to-day life um so and and they 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 well the famous thing that everybody brings up is Breton says that the the quintessential absurdist act would be to go you know shoot somebody in the street for no reason and of course Camus has the book where he supposedly shoots shoots the guy for for no reason it's just the ultimate absurdist nihilistic act but I think the common understanding is that the reason why you should do this performance is to like break everyone else yes. around you out of their stupor because something strange is happening and it, there is no uh, there's also they're playing with like the the meaning the whole concept of meaning as we understand it like you're supposed to sit there and study a painting and like figure out what is the meaning and then you know intellectuals are supposed to come along and they're supposed to explain the meaning to you and then the and this is all coming from bat by the way this isn't my own thing 
um, the intellectual explains the meaning to you. And it's like, well, that reduces the artist to this like busboy or errand boy sort yeah. of delivering meaning to you in the form of that piece of art. Whereas uh, the spontaneous theater, the absurd is more supposed to be, um, there is no inherent meaning. It's supposed to be like the act in the moment uh, the spontaneity of it is to sort of uh, break the deadlock. I have this whole thing. Um, I haven't released it yet, but it's coming out where I talk about neurosis and how neurosis is like the the stultifying um, sort of condition of modernity. And that it, it neurosis is like caused by the inability to transition to the next stage or the next phase of either your life as an individual or your growth as a human uh, subject into a mature adult, but also like a, a, a culture or a civilization, like growing through the different phases and like maturing as a culture. So the way to break the neurosis is to, to act. And sometimes that act is a violent act. And sometimes the act can be um, performative and the performative act breaking the neurosis to kind of like bring you into to like engender growth into the next stage can be something um contrived like a ritual so you put young children or adolescent children through all the same ritual um to help them mature into adulthood or if it, if it goes awry unfortunately and this is kind of how i understand like the spree shooters that they feel like stuck and they can't like yeah. achieve whatever it is they want to achieve they don't even know what they want to achieve they don't even have direction uh so the violent act is their way to like act out and like like uh break the deadlock and sort of uh, uh either achieve growth or wipe it all out because they they can't like they can't ascend or yeah. whatever the word i'm looking for is sort of mature um so i think the theater of the absurd is trying to do the same thing uh and i think somebody like bat might be doing the same thing too and he even says like i come to like wake people from their stupor i don't remember what the opening line is something like that like i come to tell you of a great ugliness is the beginning of his book like he wants to wake people up to see that like they don't need to be like mired in like the muck of like this like feminized woke and that's a big concern of yours like woke advertising is your thing like woke culture like it it, it drags art down and like reduces it and like wants to reduce us all to this like sort of gray blob he calls it like the yeast it's like we're not really like growing into like an individual organism we're growing together into this big like formless shapeless mob of like yeast uh excuse me blob of yeast so i don't know that's how i understand the theater of the absurd but i can't tell you that that's like what's commonly understood but i do think that that's what he's doing and i think that he sees like the frogs and he talks about this in the book too like i think he sees the frogs as like having that energy in them but maybe it's a little bit and this is me now i'm not like i'm not saying anything i've ever heard him say but it's pretty frenetic like if you if you observe frog twitter like it's it's pretty frenetic and he's one of the only people i've ever seen be able to like get the get a handle on it and direct it in any way and like other things are coming up like lomez is really doing a lot of good work and yarvin is doing a lot of good work where i see them like they're starting to like direct this like huge mob of of energy and it's like I always saw like 2016, even though I wasn't online, um, but I've read about it and I've like got the impression that there was all this like crazy energy bubbling underneath the surface, like in American culture. And it was starting to come out online. And I think the Internet probably, of course, must have created it to some extent. 
that like this energy maybe got like kicked up by you know the digital communication that people had with each other i don't know how much how much it would have been there in american culture like i don't think these two things are separate you know what i mean like i think that the culture that arises on the internet <coughs> excuse me arises because of the internet and i don't know how much of it is is there like latent in the in the in the culture that the internet evokes i almost think the internet like creates it by putting all these people together and like exposing them to all this different like imagery and all these different like quick edited clips and and high intensity like video games and stuff like and like like what's the word um uh like over like stimulation overload you know i don't really know but it just seems like this beast was awakened and uh gamergate is really where like it like kicked up into a wildfire and then they all just kind of turned and unleashed themselves during the trump presidency and it when looks was to gamergate what that was like 2014 yeah i've seen you say this before that it all started with gamergate that was really yeah but I, that's not my thing that's yeah. i got that other people say that yeah. and i think they're right though interesting but i want to i i don't know man I, I just threw a lot out and i probably went like way too all over the place but well the first really question i know I, what, sorry go ahead the first question i have for you is you know you clearly are an incredibly smart person but you say you know, you come from this world where everybody kind of struggled. Were right. you sort of like a goodwill hunting? Like, of no, your- I'm not. No, no, no. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like half retarded, dude. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, stop it. No, bro. You're really like quoting Bro Baudrillard and, and stuff. Yeah, so like, everybody bro, quotes Baudrillard. Everybody does that, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm kind of from like, a, you know, I'm definitely from, a, I'm from like a very black. I was like a wigger growing up. Nice. Most of my friends were black. <laughs> you know, I, I won't say that I was, you know, I was like lower middle class, middle class. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my parents, anyway, that's a whole different story. But what I'm trying to wonder is like, so it seems like you probably came from a pretty different place than many other people that are in our cohort. Yeah, I mean, you asked me about the left thing, like, I don't know, like, when I look back on that, it's almost like, it's almost like I was like, left by default for a yeah. while, because I'm, old, I'm so old that like, I came of age, like, right around when 9-11 happened. See, I see, I want to ask you a question. So maybe we'll like, evoke both your question and mine through this discussion, because I, I'm working on this really long piece right now that I hope I, I don't even know. I want to give up on it so long, but um, I'm kind of talking about like the genesis of conspiracy theories and how they evolved over the last 25 years. And um, they definitely go back before the nineties, but like, that's when I came around. And one of the things I like think is interesting is that when I first started using the internet in like 1995, um, I was like reading crazy conspiracy shit and it was like just madness, just total madness and madness in a different way than what 4chan is though. Cause 4chan, they, they, it didn't have this like uh, edgy sort of uh, shock, shock value to it back then. Like it wasn't trying to do that cause nobody was fucking reading it. So there wasn't like, it was all conspiracy people just talking to each other, you know? And then when 9-11 happened, I was like probably I must have been like 21, I guess, or 22. I was pretty old. I was like a senior in college. 
And um, I was like, okay, so all the fucking conspiracies are true, I guess. Like <laughs> this, uh, this was an inside job for sure. And then, and then they lied their way into Iraq. And um, I went from being this kind of like, this kind of like spaz acid dropping, you know, schizo conspiracy, uh, not yeah, yeah. anarchist, not to like pretty left wing because like, I was also like, dude, I read the, I read, I read the Unabomber manifesto in like 1999 or something yeah. like a really, really long time ago, you know? So, and like green anarchism was a thing back then. And I remember I had like camo uh, cargo pants and shit. And I lived in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest for a little while. Um, so like, but it was like a whole different thing back then. That's what I want. That's what I'm trying to express to people. Well, that was yeah. when the left was protesting like the, you know, the, the WTO. Black block, right. Yeah. That I was know. I know who time. Alex what Jones happened is. To that? Yeah. Because right. like, of that. Yeah. 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 It's like, that was, so a, you know that was what the left about. we could admire. You know, that was like a smart left that knew what the WTO is. Ask one of them now. They have no idea. Okay. They don't even know what it is. I'm glad you're saying that because I don't really want to like have that argument with people who don't know about this stuff but yeah, like it was no. cool back then you're right <laughs> I, maybe I, I don't know man maybe i'm just like a trend follower or some shit but Dude, like i was left for sure i was like yeah. a this for five seconds and then you know you just realize spiritually like that was never what i was bullshit but, i never but, like i've yeah. always been anti-communist though i've always yeah, been yeah. anti-communist and i was able to find anarchists leftists who who were like very much against that. Like, thank God for George Orwell, because, um, you know, he, he, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff out there talking about this, but he's the only one with any like audience or, or, or any like fame who talked about the way uh, the, the communists treated the anarchists in Spain. Yeah. And they fucking liquidated him. Right. And his whole thing about propaganda, I mean, cause that's your show, right? Propaganda, like Orwell saw it firsthand. And all the stuff he was saying about propaganda and the communists, it was propaganda that the communists directed at the anarchists who were their former allies. You know what I mean? So there's this threat of anarchism that that um, is very anti-communist. So I was always part of that. But what I wanted to say, though, and I'll just skip, you know, I could tell the whole story, but I'll just skip forward to say this, that anybody who thinks anarchism through to the end is going to be right wing or conservative because you understand that if you issue get rid of or or actively work against hierarchies you're gonna maybe maybe you'll break everything down to this egalitarian like moment um but if you don't there's one of two ways it can go after that after you like really truly achieve and implement anarchism it can go one of two ways you can either implement strict egalitarianism from the top down which isn't anarchism anymore it's communism that's communism. Yeah, right. force egalitarianism on you know the lower people yeah. which is exactly what one of my uh, main guys bakunin said this guy was around in like the 1860s 70s 80s criticizing Karl marx this way saying your plan is bullshit the only way it's going to work is if you become like ultra 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 fascist that where it didn't exist back then uh, ultra fascist and like implementing this with like a brutal regime. It's the only way you're going to ever have actual socialism or the other way, excuse me, where natural hierarchies sort of sift themselves and come into being. And then, so you, you get to this egalitarianism, right? Uh, and then the, the hierarchies naturally sort of 
put themselves into place and the stronger people are going to take charge and the, the, the intrepid hard workers are going to like take the initiative and then they're not going to want to share with the freeloaders. So these hierarchies are going to like come into place. And like, once I've figured that out, like everything kind of fell into place for me. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what Nietzsche's talking about with like the, the, the last man and the Uber mansion, the blonde beast and all that. Like it's, it's the net, the natural order of things left on their own of human culture left on its own kind of basically breaks down into like the strongest uh, rule over the weakest, or I guess the only other uh, sort of uh, alternative to that, that I can come up with is like the smartest, the, you know, the smartest will outsmart in some way and use their cunning to outwit. But, you know, that's not really how it shook out in Europe, at least um, when, when the civilization was being built, it really was just the strongest uh, and that's what Nietzsche was talking about too. So it's almost like the 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 cunning, smarter, smarter ones come in later after you know civilization's up and running. That's such a tangent, though. But that is how I ended up going from left to right because I was like watching. No, that makes I I, I totally am following what you're saying uh, up until the point where you started talking about Nietzsche because I feel like Nietzsche actually comes after all of that, right? Like he's talking about what to do once that's all settled. Like, I feel like you. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You know, like you, you've taken us from, I don't necessarily agree that state of nature, the strongest wins uh, because longhouse would go against that. Right. Cause longhouse is kind of not the strongest wins. And that's, we view that as a very primitive thing. Just so people understand. I still don't really understand what longhouse means, but what I think it means is this uh, pre Aryan or pre civilizational mode of living that happened actually i think in the whole world really which were these giant single houses in europe um yeah europe that's what i was gonna say yeah right and and uh the it was sort of a matriarchal gynocratic rule just with of everybody living in a big house together is that right yeah and i think i think the idea is that because i don't know how true it is like i don't know I don't know if that's really how it played out back then. And I don't know how much evidence there is that it played out that way. Um, but the idea, if you think about it, you know, like the, the matriarch sort of rules the house with an iron fist. And like one of the things that they say is that in, in like cultures with arranged marriages and stuff, the argument against arranged marriages, like you don't, you might get stuck with somebody you don't like, you're somebody who's unattractive, or you could be a young girl with an old man. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons. There's no choice involved. There's no autonomy or uh, agency involved, uh, especially on the woman's side. Um, they say that the, all that was done by women. They say that it was the matriarchs of the family who, who I don't know if that's in every culture that has arranged marriages or just in, in some, but they like they enforced it just as much more than the men. They're the ones who like played that out. So it's like you can't really you can't really blame, you know, the patriarchy for everything. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, but if you even like look at studies that were done, sociological studies that were done on like, uh, like this, like the shtetl and the, yeah. the, 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 the different ethnic slums of like Europe and like the different ethnic, like, you know, neighborhoods um, of Europe, like before world war one and um, in the cities and stuff, they say that they were like, the domineering mother was like a big thing. I mean, it was such a big thing with Freud, right? The domineering mother. And I, I, you know, I don't think it's just Jewish. I think it's all sort of uh, ethnically homogenous, close knit, 
family oriented groups um, tend to, sh- to shake out that the matriarch is in charge. But and then they say that like the the Aryans are very patriarchal. But man, we're so far off my area of expertise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. the way I understand it, right, is that the EEF people from Europe, like some of the archaeological evidence that we have is that like they would like venerate um, harvest earth mother goddesses and that their graven images were of like you know these fecund you know the what is that one uh, really famous one the venus of willendorf yeah, the venus like, of, yeah willendorf right. th- these like huge fat women with huge milkers that probably had 15 kids and 35 grandkids are their are their statues and i think that they try to say you know one interpretation of that is that that that's a matriarchal society and then the other thing is that like um they were yeah that those are their idols that their idols yeah. are that yeah, yeah yeah whereas the Aryans you know venerated a sky god um mm-hmm. but i don't know you know because i don't know how much you can base how much you can say that that's proof that they were like matriarchal it could just be that they fucking were agriculturalists and that they were worshiping the ground and praying to the ground to like give them more food whereas the Aryans were not they were pastoral nomads so like of course they're not going to be like, uh, what's the word? Uh, sedentary. They're moving around all the time under the big open sky of the steps. So like, of course, now th- I say all that, <clears throat> but I do think that we live in the longhouse now. I think today we ha- live in a, a, mat- a matriarchically dominated culture. And, you know, a lot of people, feminists and others take issue with that because like, the politicians are all men and the heads of CEOs of businesses are all men, but those aren't the people who like run the day-to-day discourse. You know what I mean? Or the day-to-day lives. Like, yeah, I wouldn't call it matriarchal because that gives you the sense of this big, like motherly sort of figure. And that, I don't think that exists now at all. Like you said, no, you're right. That, that figure would, make women get arranged marriages <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah you know? you're right you're right we i would say we live in a gynocratic it, okay particularly in the business world we live in a and and in the academia and in these professional you know what does bap call them the uh the heritage the, the professional class the administrative class we had a great uh we talked about this on one of your great um spaces that you hosted Oh, yeah, those are fun. Check us yeah. out on Twitter, guys. AFS cast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, are you, you disgraced? Twitter. What? Yeah. Are you I'm disgraced just... propagandist? Is that your at? Uh, it's disgraced prop. Propagandist doesn't fit. Yeah. Me and you have had some great talks, man. It yeah. Was really, no, really good really stuff. Good. All right. So let's get but back. No, you're right. You're right. That's a better term. I should be. I should start using that term. That's absolutely correct. Gynocratic is, is, is what I mean. I mean, I'm sure technically matriarchal is also correct. It's just I don't think it gives the wrong. Like it has it's motherly wrong- matriarchal is motherly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Where this no. is not motherly. This no, no, no. Not motherly. It's a it's a totally different thing. Um, okay, so um you brought up the thing about earth versus sky, which reminds me of a really cool article that you shared with me that you wrote. One of we haven't even talked about your work at all yet. What I love about your work is you are doing very high level literary analysis and fiction analysis related to the world that we're in. And what's so funny is I feel like normie people, which I've been most of my life, I, my parents are academics, so I touched it a little bit. And I was always in, you know, the the like smart people class and shit. But, you know, I was, yeah. So 
what you're doing, and you've said this, is you're like taking academic style writing and you're doing it independently. And oh, you're I'm, finding I... people, you're finding people like Lomez, who's a great guest that so you have like Geo, who are right on your level. And I think kind of what you're, you've said, and which is totally true, is that the shit that you guys are doing is so much better than actual yeah. academia. And well, I that's think that, a compliment I'll, I'll allow. <laughs> and I think that the excuse that actual academia tells themselves is, well, like, oh, this, this stuff is institutional. Nobody wants to do this shit. This, like, we have to be in universities because nobody actually, they all, like, they're like, haha, yeah, I'm a nerd. Nobody actually cares about this stuff. Right. They believe nobody actually cares about it. But right. what you and, and the people in uh, our corner of, of Frog Twitter and Twitter have proven is there's an overwhelming craving for this type of real analysis that exists totally independently of these yeah. institutions. And you're doing it. And that's why what you're doing is so like deeply important. You have a great piece, just to kind of give people an example, recently about... Um, movies and horror movies and the things that we what's the name of this piece it's it's about well, it's, uh, it's digital the, horizons yeah digital horizons so it's it's a really cool i would highly recommend it it's uh about how like the people of the past when they were peasants they were digging in the earth so the bad guys their scary myths their like horror stories were all about things that came out of the earth almost. yeah yeah. And then that moved on to when people were living in village islands, like, you know, the witch and stuff where the bad guys were, you know, the Vich, the movie, whatever that the bad guys were in, in the great movie. Bad guys were in the forest. It was forest monsters and New Jersey devil, yeah. you know, like, like that type yeah, of yeah, yeah, agrarian, yeah. the agrarian monster. Then we moved to the sky because like we were doing space age shit, airplanes then the bad guys were coming out of the sky because that was the next frontier. Right. And then we move to today's world where the bad guy is the machine. The bad yes. guy is the sentient yes. machine, right? Totally. And this piece is so cool and it digs into all of these things. So uh, I was hoping you would just like talk a little bit about that and lay out the thesis of that piece. And in particular, what I want to know is, because uh, I have I, I commented on your piece, so you already know where I'm going, but where are we going after the sentient machine? The well, fear of the sentient machine. Okay. You kind of looked at it differently than me, a different perspective than me, because this is like the beginning of something I want to say later in another piece, uh, which is like, where where's the human psyche going? Like, And this is goes back to what I was saying earlier when I was talking to you, saying like, on the one hand, like, for example, I think Trump, what happened with Trump, right, was was this nationalist uh sort of um well we'll just say nationalist sort of uh vein running through american culture that was around in the wto and the uh anti-imf protests and stuff in 2001 or no that was like 1999 and it was bubbling under the surface the whole time and then 2008 happened and there was the recession and there was occupy wall street and i think um the cultural, the cultural forms that manifested during those times, right? Where I said there was like schizo conspiracy theories and then there was the anti-WTO and it goes to 2008 um, and the economic recession. And then that manifested as Occupy Wall Street. And then it sort of like morphed into Trump, right? 
So that all was there. I feel like bubbling under the surface, trying to like find something to latch on to and give it like a voice and like blow like, you know, billow uh, wind into its sails and get it moving. And like that was Trump, right? The, the, the sort of parallel to that are other cultural forms that I believe are created by the medium or the media that the culture like uses, okay? And the reason why I went through the genealogy like that in that piece is because I was trying to say that like the digging in the, in the earth back then, like the stories were like verbal. The media, what the medium was like talking to people and they were telling each other stories and they were telling each other stories about like, monsters coming out of the earth or coming to steal their crops or coming from the forest and sometimes the monsters look like the old women who is the domineering mother or they look like the wolf who's the big bad wolf who comes and steals their sheep right <clears throat> so like my point was that like the environment was like and the media was like shaping like the cultural forms at that time right so now flash forward to today I think the digital media is like oh 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 but what I mean though is like that shapes like the human psyche like the human psyche as it manifests in that era is totally molded by that. You know what so I mean? More medium is the message than yeah, the, totally the environment. Yeah, got it. All over. Yeah, McLuhan's yeah. all over. So I'll skip ahead to digital, right? And this is significant because this happened at the same time as the national fervor that was going on that like eventually latched onto Trump. Okay. It was parallel to it that you had like the rise of like digital entertainment which the two main things, there's a bunch, but the two main things are video games and um, like social media. So you're able to like talk to anyone. You're able to, ex you're exposed to like all sorts of different ideas, right? And you're also, you have this like sim stimulation overload. And, and I don't just mean like the video games that have lots of shooting and stuff. But the stimulation overload is like all of the messages coming at you from social media, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah messing with your psyche now guys like me and you and maybe at another time we can talk about this but something i think is interesting is that guys like me and you come from like the outside world offline like when you say normie to me that means like offline like i was not raised in internet culture i was not raised on the internet nor was i raised by like gamer culture you know what i mean but these younger generations a lot of millennials a lot of these like the stereotypical like software engineer and the coder, like all these guys live their lives online. Curtis Yarvin, his whole fucking life story, life online, yeah. his and whole life story. Life. And it's all pining for the, the Usenet days, the early yeah, days. Yeah, I know. And those free. are great stories. Yeah. I love And I'm like, I have stories. no idea of any of this shit. You know, like I, I didn't spend any time online. No. You know, yeah. Until much Me neither. Later. And the only yeah. reason, I mean, I got drawn in by guys like Bap and Yarvin and Moldbug who... Like, I don't want to say they live online, like, but, but their whole persona, like have this whole strong presence online. Okay. So what, what is it? What is this about? Like my, what I'm saying, or excuse me, my story, my essay about the digital horizons. What, what I'm trying to say though, right. Is that as the culture is shifting, okay. From one media to the next. So it was analog before televisual to digital Silicon now, um, as it's shifting, this cultural psyche is also shifting and it's being shifted by the media. So like you had the nationalist fervor going on by the economic conditions, right? The materialist conditions. But then you had like this other thing going on that was like being shaped by like the digital 
media. So the human psyche is like reformulating itself. It's reshifting itself. And the way I say it in the essay is that like the gaze, right, is towards the sky during the space age. The gaze is towards like the physical horizon that leads into outer space. And then the gaze shifts, right, into the 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 digital grid of cyberspace but you don't just like blink and you're there okay you have to like turn your gaze the whole culture has to turn its gaze to a different direction and i think that right now part of the societal malaise we see is like as this old culture is going away because this whole nationalist thing this whole nationalist like no borders thing although i'm in favor of it it's like a thing of the past it's like a dying beast Sadly, it's fucking tragic, but it's a dying beast because uh, I talk about this in the essay that that this digital communication medium like dissolves national borders and it basically makes them completely irrelevant in every way because you can you can use uh, Bitcoin, for example, but you don't even need Bitcoin. You don't even need crypto in this. Okay, crypto is like in the future. You could just use regular money. You could use PayPal uh, and buy anything from any culture country all over the world doesn't matter you don't have to fucking fly there anymore and like do the culture the currency exchange rates and get like a whole different like physical currency to like buy something and do the math in your head like how much is this in dollars no you just hit a button and it gets mailed to your house now so the whole all that's gone all right uh the whole manufacturing thing with everything going to mexico this is what the imf protests were trying to stop was to offshore manufacturing well the 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 cat's out of the bag. I'm sorry. It Trump, in my opinion, showed that you can put the cat back in the bag because he started to make steps the, back that way to like repatriate manufacturing. But like the digital world is antithetical to that. Like nationalism is is a throwback mindset. OK, um, so so. I. I don't, you know, I don't mean to be negative. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, actually, because I think like Trump has a shot. I, I, I think I think Trump probably won 2020 and it was stolen. I think most voters are probably with him. And even if the majority isn't with Trump, like a bunch, there's way more in the middle that are against Biden and the Democrats that like are not for them. Uh, but maybe they'll vote for them because they're against Trump. You know what I mean? Uh but I still think that there's such a sizable chunk of the population that is like for this nationalist agenda that it, maybe something can happen. I don't know. I support it for sure. But Wait, I'm, well, let's get back to what is the you were bringing this back to the point about setting up the game. Oh, so the human so psyche the game is saying into the grid. And then, right. so now it's splitting is what you're saying, like into nationalism and something yes. else or like, what? no, 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 no. No, no, no. I'm saying I feel I just felt bad because I felt like I was being really pessimistic about the nationalist oh, like oh, Trump oh, oh. calling it a thing of the past and like a dying beast. I felt like I, I felt like I had to like qualify that no, to say that like it. I support it. That OK, I talk about this in the essay. I say as like a new thing comes into being right as a new horizon line establishes itself, the old one fades away into the distance and disappears. Okay, and I'm talking about like this whole nationalist thing being the thing that's disappearing. It's the thing that's from the old world. All that stuff existed under different economic circumstances and under different technological uh, capabilities, all national borders, currency, all that stuff is the old world. Okay, none of that stuff is going to survive into the digital age if the digital age is able to really make itself go. 
So what I'm saying about the two parallel things is that the people who came up, the culture that was born by the internet and born on the internet, it doesn't have a sense of itself yet. It doesn't have like a strong sense of itself like uh, the MAGA people do, okay? The MAGA people are this like, kind of like throwback to the, you know, the grilling Americans draped in the American flag, drinking Bud Light, you know, smoking cigarettes and like going to like whatever, the, the, the drag race or something, NASCAR Americans and all that shit. Whereas the new people, uh, they're going through all these crazy growing pains, like the spree shooters and fucking uh, the epidemic of like cutting and uh, the opioid epidemic. These are all like cultural maladies of like the, this like teenager culture trying to like find out who it is because it, it, it doesn't exist yet. Because whatever like the human subject is going to be in the digital age, like hasn't manifested itself yet. You know what I'm saying? So when I say like the digital horizon, right, the different the different mythological horizons. What I'm saying is that the whole culture is oriented around like a specific horizon that like focuses their gaze. OK, and that it like all of their all of their cultural production goes to uh, that directed that directed what's the word that directed end i guess i guess the directed end is the best way to say it so in the, in the agricultural age it was just like surviving it was just like making agricultural produce you know in the ex in the age of exploration because i talk about the age of exploration in the essay as well where we're like circumnavigating the globe and we're digging down deep and we're we're we're, we're going to antarctica and we're summoning uh you know all like the cultural um energy was put into like the exploration you know what i'm saying and now, uh, and then during the space age, right? It was all to like go to space. Like the whole culture was like geared up to get us into space. Now the culture is like focused on the internet and all cultural production is coming from the internet. And like the monster that's manifesting itself is artificial intelligence. Yeah, and artificial right. intelligence is this like autistic, uh, gazeless, like pla placid faced. Yeah. Uh, you know, Agent T1000, Smith, T1000, T1000, um, all Smith, of these yeah. characters right. have like no, like a, they have like emotionless faces. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And that mimics that face, mimics the face of the kid staring at the iPad, mm -hmm. watching millions of things flicker past his face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's getting this like massive, like prefrontal cortex overload. Right. But he's like not connecting with anything. He's not like. There's no affect involved. So like their face, like <clears throat> they're not going through the range of human emotions anymore. They're just being subjected to like massive amounts of stimulation. Yeah. And there's okay, a whole I, yeah. culture being raised like that. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Like, Do for example, like basically what you're saying in, in a long way is that the analogy I was making to globalism was retarded. And you're right. Because, no, 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 because, no, 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 you're right. You're right. I'm not saying no, because, that. because what you're saying is that that is a totally different thing. You're saying that we have now entered medium is the message. We're in a very young new world yeah. in which our entire societal gaze, globalism, nationalism doesn't matter. What really matters is, is the medium in which we're the, all of cultural pr production is entrenched in expanding this internet thing. Yeah. And so our gaze is going completely into that. And it's this uh, young thing that's coming up. I guess the only reason why I 
brought this up at all is because I think you were saying, but these uh, shifts in gaze take time, then perhaps currently we are living in an interregnum phase in which humanity is still in the process of reorientation, has not quite fixed itself on anything, or to put it another way, the paradigm shift is underway, but we are not in the new paradigm yet. For this reason, the current cultural focus has been on determining identity. Right. So the identity yeah. part is, I think, maybe what I got I got hung up on, right? So No, it's good. I, no, it's, that's yeah. very important. It's very important. So what, what is the identity? Because to me, I was thinking, you're saying we're like growing into this new thing. So for that reason, everything is flying around and people are then clinging to identity. But then we're going to move into a more mature digital world that will maybe have a heyday, just like the space age or the exploration age or anything like these, these things. Well, if the old, if the old order stays in political power, the heyday is over for the digital age. We need someone like Elon Musk to come along Uh, to, this is like, this is why I, this is why I ascribe to Nick Land and and Curtis Yarvin. Yeah. Well, that's what Yarvin wants. Yarvin wants Elon Musk president, basically. That's what he said. Yeah. Because somebody like that, Although I think he's dropped the ball and he's not our guy anymore, but it's it it needs to be somebody who can cut through all of the bureaucratic and democratic, to be frank, the democratic cobwebs to actually get something done, you know, (coughs) excuse me, because right now the technology is all just being used to fucking have the food delivered to you at the office during lunch on on Grubhub. Or to have women masturbate in in mass. It's like, dude, there's this old anime. Can I get really raunchy for a second on your show? <laughs> yeah, dude. Look, I tried to find this. All right, I tried to find this anime, and I and probably the most horrified I've ever been in my life was searching Google for this anime I saw in the '90s. There was this huge machine, right? These demons like build this huge machine, and it's all these pistons. There's like hundreds of pistons, right? And they put women on them and they're like, it's like this huge vibrator machine. And it's like a vibrator for like hundreds of women at a time. And as it like makes them have orgasms, these demons like harness like their energy and they like use it to like turn themselves into these like huge beasts to like, you know, go fucking kill everybody in Tokyo. And it's like, (laughs) so I Googled something to try to find this. And the stuff that came up just scarred me for life. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just some dark anime out there in the world, bro. And OnlyFans, like, is that anime? Yeah. OnlyFans yeah. is like, that's what the internet is. The internet is like this big beast. Uh, everybody should listen to my uh, Demonology of the Internet episode. We talk about the internet. Like, if you conceptualize, and I put this in my essay about how the the fiber optic cables like have encircled the globe like multiple times and they like go across the yeah. bed of the sea. And it's we hard. are saying that like, if you think about the hardware of the internet, cause everybody it's like, Oh, it's the cloud. Everybody thinks, dude, I pitched a show around LA once called WWW that was like a Bourdain style show going and looking at the like giant hardware fixtures. Such a good idea. Dude. Worldwide. Like, why don't we dive down and, and look at these, yeah, dude. these, uh, these courts, you know, the giant server farms. Like, I feel like it would be cool to like see these things, but we never see them. It would be a good documentary. And, um, yeah. you mentioned, you were talking about, um, the Silk Road on an episode. I listened to you on, I think it was the new, right. And, uh, that's the first time I ever like read about the servers because they had to like go 
to like Iceland to try yeah. to find to like track this guy down. I guess like everything gets rerouted through Iceland. Yeah. And they had to like go where the cloud was to try to like track down yeah. this guy. Right. And the, the cloud is actually not a cloud at all. It's like this not. massive right. piece of it's hardware. Hard metal. It's hard metal. So right? me and my it's guest clicking Helios, metal. That's what it is. It's, it's just crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing like there's nothing like uh, <laughs> ephemeral about it at all. And me and Helios were talking about how like this whole thing is like one giant beast and like all the things that are taking place on it are its consciousness like the screens are its eyes you know what i mean and the things playing out on it are like its brain and we're just like feeding this like massive like demon that's like getting more and more powerful so you know uh zero hp lovecraft store god-shaped hole like i don't know if he would <laughs> characterize it this way but he's got this like creature that like it's this is also crazy man i don't know what your listeners are gonna think about me but uh there's this like massive monster that like it's it's raised in this like sex ritual and there's like this cult of priests and like you know the the initiates like have like sex and their orgasms like raise this beast right and the beast has all these faces the whole body is made up of all these faces and it like picks up the people and eats them and like absorbs them into its body and then their face comes out on the on the monster right um, yes facebook. i think it's facebook i think it's a metaphor for the internet right right you know what i mean yeah and i think that all the faces in this beast are like the people appearing on the internet you know what i mean they're like souls are trapped like if you think about like that old like <coughs> kind of like whatever like trite native american myth that people talk about where they say like oh they think if you take their picture you're like stealing their soul yeah, it's like the biggest soul stealing device yeah, like it's, ever created. Right. you know there's a great arcade fire song about this where he's saying like they're you know what if the camera really does take your soul and i think it does i think it absolutely takes yeah so you know for so this sure. is like soul stealing on like a massive scale but you were talking about the thing yeah. so what i so what i was trying to say is that the human psyche is like been broken down it's been like massively fragmented um to the point where like people can't coalesce their egos into like a, a solid whole with like a vision right like 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 a purpose like a meaning like a direction like individuals or our culture neither one of them and i think like that explains like a lot of the um, mental health crises and like, you know, cause people will say like, Oh, women are having all these mental health problems because they're on birth control and they're not having babies. Well, I'm sure that's part of it. Right. But why are they not having babies though? It's because they look at Instagram and they're like, why would I have a baby? I could go fucking travel the world. I could be, I could date any one of these models. You know what I mean? I can like live this amazing life. Like I don't want to settle down and have a family and like be a mom. I want to like go Kanye do it. says Instagram got your girl. No yeah, other dude. guy got your girl. Instagram got your girl. <laughs> dude, I was I was on Instagram like a while ago. Yeah. And like I had this like, you know, theory cell page where like there's this whole like community there of like theory cells where they like make memes and stuff. Yeah. About yeah. like Gilles Deleuze and all this like yes, nerd I've shit. Seen, I've seen this shit. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Have That's, you seen them? So yeah, I left. I, mean, I can't. I, yeah, I just have no patience for it. But yeah, like I, you know, I've seen these funny things. You know what I'm talking about. I do like Brad Trammell, who is kind of oh, like part of that. that? He's great. Brad Trammell is a great artist. He's a cool, like, contemporary artist who uh, is, you know, he's kind of one of us. Like, he's, I'm sure he was very left. And then he's like an anarchist left 
okay. type of guy and, and oh, he's yeah. forced right but he's a, he's in that world of the incel meme things intellectuals whatever those things are called oh yeah no not incel yeah. don't say incel no, no not incel, incel. It's, yeah. it's but i knew what you meant is, though one of them is called intellectuals that's the only reason yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no Dude, but the it, whole scene these, yeah, yeah yeah that whole scene was like anarchists in the way that i was an anarchist that right yeah have all gone like pretty well, far they, right they can't they, quite go right though they don't have the balls. yeah no i they know can never, they, they're they're a little bit like they can, they don't have the stomach for it they just yeah, don't yeah. have the stomach to go all the way and yeah yeah you're right so what really freaks me out about what you're saying is like for those of us who like i don't feel since i've become an online person and been on twitter all the time i don't feel better I, I feel worse. I know it doesn't. I know me it, too, not, dude. I was much happier when I was roving around town getting I know. Fuck, fucking girls and I'm so glad you, know, you said this writing and whatever. So my hope is that this is a heart and mind thing, and that a, and I hope you're wrong. I I hope that the entire universe now isn't geared solely towards propagating this beast that you're talking about and i hope that uh there is a path towards either destroying that beast or taming that beast so that we can get back to fucking you know fucking so we can get back to fucking for real you know Dude. so that we can like get back to to seeing each other face to face and not being human insects uh, who crave little, you know, things on Twitter. Even the most based of the based crave these little fucking things on Twitter. Well, you mean like the dopamine hit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I'll tell you, the most alpha guys I know spend fucking zero time on Twitter. Yeah. Absolutely fucking zero. So, yeah. I, you know, I agree with you. I think what you're saying is totally correct that the whole framework is, is shifting. I guess I'm trying to hope that there's some hope for us, right? Because I mean, it's not quite like the age of exploration, is it? It's not quite like the age of whatever the peasant age was or the space age or, you know, like those things weren't eating humanity. I guess they were eating the natives. No, no, <laughs> they no, were eating no. The native First humanity. of all, you, you can't, like, you can't yeah. accomplish great things without just fucking hucking entire generations into a meat grinder yeah. there's just no way it's not it's gonna happen <laughs> that's but true. that's true no, you're and, right and this yeah. is why like you can't you can't be like the the left is all you can't be left-wing and want like actual progress you can only be left-wing and want everything to stop and be brought low okay yeah, yeah. so if you i think there's potential for what we have in place right now to go out and do like amazing great things and accomplish great things and bring humanity into the future and and have this you know space age utopia but it's egalitarianism has to be thrown out the window for okay that. i'll get on board i'll I, I think you're right my gut absolutely says you're right i mean i'm not even fighting it but i don't much. know if we're gonna do it though we need we need to like get all the people in political power out they all have to go well and, that's what trump is that's what trump is gonna do yeah like, but he was there and he didn't Santa's. do it though well, you know he didn't I mean? because he didn't know yet. But anyway, we, it, it should be DeSantis because he's he can win. You know, DeSantis actually could win. And then hopefully he'll just purge. He'll do he'll get rid of the entire administrative class. 
Yeah. And, well, uh, you know, I, that'll be good. I, that's a longer then, conversation. And then I wanted, get in, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. no, don't be sorry, man. It's your show. That's a longer conversation that we can have. But I, we've already been going on. I don't even know if... <laughs> We could have potentially alienated all your fucking listeners with that. Well, I think we probably we definitely went super deep on like some ideas. But you I think that you just did a great job of bringing it around and and framing why all these political discussions are ultimately pretty stupid because they really aren't. Yeah. You know, where are they really getting us? Where are they going? You know, it it doesn't really matter because really what's happening is, but I don't know this with the sinisterness of this beast though, you keep talking about it in this sinister way, but is your, is what you're saying that we can, if we keep on going, if we keep on working on this project and get rid of communism and make it a pure meritocracy, like, that's the only way to get a handle out of it to get through this period of growing it, you no, you basically need a strong man with a vision uh to come along and i don't know if they i don't know if it will i don't know if he will like i don't know if 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 anybody's going to come along basically i have to refer all your readers i mean your listeners to uh unqualified reservations and nick land's xeno systems because those guys i'm just everything I'm saying is I got from reading them and I'm just like putting my, you know, uh, my mythological sort of psychological McLuhan read on culture and mythology that I got from their perspective that like, it sounds so pie in the sky, but um, I'll just say it anyway. Like if a strong man came along and basically turned all the machinations of political power to his agenda and he overrode any sort of debate and, and democracy was done away with. And we, we actually had tyranny. He could theoretically use and direct because the market as well, capitalism market, all that has to go too. because in a, in a free market capitalist society, all you're going to do is go for what makes money and the things that make money. Like, and I'm not, ta- not, not just like the venture and the speculation and the wall street stuff, but the actual businesses that make money. I mean, look at what they are. They're fucking porn and pizza delivery yeah. and a bunch sure. of bullshit, you know, barstool sports like you can't do great things in a capitalist market without some strong, especially a, dig- a digitized capitalist market, because where's the incentive to use all this technology to send drones to like meteors to like to like mine precious metals? You know what I mean? And bring them back to earth and use them to like run our machines without polluting anything. You know what I mean? Where's the incentive to do that? Because you need like the entire civilization put into making that happen. And if you have a democracy, especially a democracy that's concerned with egalitarianism, like why on earth would they do that? Like they wouldn't ever do that. You know what I mean? So they would try the- to- well, so this is where you actually are. And I'm going to try and save my argument here. I actually think I am right now because no, you you're right. saying here, you're saying, where are we headed? Right. What you're saying is inevitably we are going to globalism. Yeah, we are going I, to globalism yeah. and it's going to be technocratic globalism. And, you know, I think the reason why people like me hate globalists so much today is that they're, they won't admit that they're globalists. You know, they, they won't, they won't come yeah. out and say it. What you're I saying know. is, and I, I, and if, if they came out and said it, it would be a perfectly reasonable argument. 
Yeah, maybe right. we should have a, a maybe we should have a global community, right? What you're saying is we need a global community run by a strong man that is designed for a purpose, designed to harness this beast of technology and to do to grow, to get better, to run a world community that's better for everyone. I think that that's absolutely one direction that we can go, right? And, and I think yeah. that that's one good direction. The other good direction is just blowing up the entire fucking thing and going back to. I don't think that's going right? to happen, though. Though. Yeah, that's you're right. I mean, I it, it's it, like, what does it seem like it's going to happen? Not that, right? Unless right. we run out of, we you know, run out of shit or whatever it is. So I, I think that actually the point I was making is, as uh, technology becomes more inherent, and as we do move perhaps towards a global government whether it's the good kind that is, you know, wants to cut your dick off or the kind that wants to colonize Mars, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. That's a good dichotomy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that is going to be, though, uh, a new gaze in a way, right? The gaze will now shift away yeah. from technology to this new thing of global community. You know, and, and I think like some of the stuff that I've been writing, the success of the Montana piece, so much of the Montana piece, the thing that it's the most banal shit that people reach out about. It's, man, this stupid twig and whistle restaurant, this stupid yeah. fucking charcoal yeah. and, you know, cedar, it's in every city, it's in Indianapolis and it's in yeah. every fucking place. Yeah. So what they're starting to see is you're living in a global community. Right. You're living in a globe. Like you're not living in fucking Bozeman, Montana. You're yeah. living in, you know, an you could be anywhere of an REIT that has so many layers of public partner, you know, private, public private partnerships laddering all the way up to Shinehart Wig Company. You know what I mean? To some like yeah. random holding company that is, you know, in wherever the fuck, who knows where it is, in south of France, probably. So, uh, yeah, I think that. Um, the problem of globalism still exists, even if we, even if we make it to there, uh, I'm still going to think that it can be a problem Look, <laughs> because, because my worldview would be shaken too much. Hold on. I, I wasn't, accept... <laughs> I wasn't saying you were wrong. I was no, saying I, that I, that's I, I, yeah. no, no, no. I was saying that my piece isn't about that. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't no, saying you were wrong sure. though. I no, agree with yeah. you. No, I think Let your me... answer is totally correct. It's, it's, this, this is a totally different argument. And what you're saying is the gaze is is moving towards this, and I think you're completely right. Um, well, it might it might not though. It might not. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If you believe in the cycles of history, if you believe that history follows like a preset morphology, and we go through the stages, and we can't, and like history's not contingent. If you believe that history follows like a path, then we are going that way. We are going towards a strong man. That the democracy is. Given I, I this is in my blog to uh, it's called um, accelerate and then part two is called generation reaction where I talk about this what I'm saying with the cycles of history. Um, we are democracy is giving way to oligarchy and we're probably in the transition phase to oligarchy we're probably like already in the oligarchy phase right now, but we're not like open about it we're not admitting it and they in the state does still have some power like it's not a pure oligarchy yet. And I don't know if we're going to end up in a pure oligarchy where it's going to sift out that it's just like Bezos, Gates and Musk, like call all the shots and Zuckerberg or um, 
if we're just going to go straight to the tyranny phase because the tyranny phase is after that but well, the thing so- is, is let me let me say something pretty extreme and see what you think about this like what if i said this what if i said that globalism actually isn't inherently bad yeah right, we just I, don't right. like it because we're getting fucked right now sure so that's that this is what you know we were just what if into. we were doing the fucking right exactly would and you hate what, globalism that's like, the dichotomy I would think- no again the dichotomy I, I completely agree globalism is not inherently bad and and that's why the word it's like the word globalist is gonna in the future be like the word fascist fascist it's not inherently bad it's the same word as faggot, actually. <laughs> it's, it's the same fascia, you know, it's the same. But you can't word. get away with it now. <laughs> you cannot get away with no, those words. No, but I'm saying the word fascist. But like, I get you. I get you. They, they've done a good job making it terrible, but it actually just means like togetherness. You know, it's not such a horrible word. Neither. It's insane. It, yeah. Wait, wait, what's it's mean? insane that it's a bad word. Yeah, right. It makes no sense. Especially as an Italian. It's like, you know. Exactly. Fascia, yeah, That's right. why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so globalism you're right if somebody were to say hey yeah you know what uh look the internet makes it possible we're gonna have a global government no matter what it's gonna happen it's i wrote about this in my piece i said with the possibility of a global government somebody's gonna try and do it and now they can do it right exactly did you say that in your montana piece no no i said that in one of these yeah no that's a really good point blabbering other pieces Right. But, and it ha- it's gonna It's got to be us or it's going to be somebody else. Sure. And I love this. And you're actually making me feel really good because it's making me feel like now I'm like understanding my own direction a little bit more. But let's talk about propaganda for the last if we have a little bit of time. No, uh, good. I want I want it so bad because there's so <laughs> okay. much I want. To, you got to come on my show right now. The Dias cast uh, Isaac Simpson carousel podcast is coming on Astro Flight because there's so much more we need to talk about. OK, but let me just ask this. So this is, I mean, we're so far away from like where we were going to go here, but let's do a hard turn into it in this world that we're in right now, where the, what we term as globalists are people who waive the, the real estate investment trusts that owns, owns the work, play, live lofts and serves disgusting, shitty replicas of Montana food in Bozeman and everywhere else under the name, like eat local, eat eat, drink, local, you know what I mean? And these stupid restaurant names like, you know, Cedar and Plank, whatever. So this group has their own propaganda. It's all about, as you said in your piece, you mentioned identity and the rainbow flag. Why is this group of globalists doing that? Why are they waving that flag? Why are they so obsessed with this type of propaganda? That's it fucking loaded question dude and i don't i don't you know i i i can only speculate really i mean there are people uh that guy darren Beatty, he like and um nicolo soldo and the people at revolver news they they really get into this and they talk about this um that and and there's evidence you know i haven't looked at it too comprehensively but i'm pretty much convinced and you know i'm not gonna say it's all george soros but uh he's easy he's an easy he he has to be a composite character like he can't be the (laughs) only one (laughs) but everybody says it's george soros so let's just say george soros there's got to be more to it than that though but these guys put these ngos in these other countries where they're um pushing you know gay rights and stuff and uh they they like create these like activists you know they like recruit um 
college kids, college women usually, to like stage these, uh, you know, protests in yep. favor of gay rights. And the story is that they're like all astroturf because there is no like gay community in these places. They're basically like exposing these college like liberals in like these different countries to this like lifestyle. But they use them as a way to like insert themselves into these communities in order to eventually uh, lobby for politicians who are favorable for their globalist agenda. So the liberal politician who endorses gay rights is always also the oh, uh, coincidentally, right? The politician that's going to let investors from America and overseas come into their country and like, you know, either set up a labor, you know, set up a manufacturing plan or whatever it is they do. Yeah. You know, Inter um, inter-American investment bank. It's the investment, investment banks. banks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they come in and they, you know, oh, let's greenify the public square. And right. then you turn around and it's Starbucks, yeah, uh, H&M, you know, the public square is now owned by the globalists or the this group. This I mean, why group. do you why do you think they use the gay LGBTQ? I mean, flag? I think you you described it very well. The question is why the, the deeper question is still why that? You know, like they could pick anything, right? They could pick any. Why is that the thing that they use to sow unrest or to, um, well, let me let me give you followers or gain power. And and I think that the reason is, and I talked about this in this most recent piece. It's about if I if I can get it, um, it's about who is going to be the type of person that they want to sign up for this global community. So That's they a want, great answer. They want dependent identities. They want people who are dependent on them. It really comes so much back to pharma. I, I really think pharma is the core driving force of all of this. It's one of the main factors. They want people who are physically dependent upon them for to affirm their identity right it's so fucking phenomenal read of the situation so so yeah so they want people who need pills they want people who need a lot of food they want people who um you know in the natural world are are looked down upon they need to be like protected um they need drugs against aids they need drugs against all this stuff women need birth control yeah. um they know who their audience is. is You're absolutely perfect. right, man. Women make 80% of purchases, right? Yeah. 80%. White, straight, Christian males are not very bad. They're not the audience. They, they, cause what do they do? They start their own businesses. They right. do right. shit that has, right. it doesn't cost money. They, you know, like they're, they're building stuff. They're a threat. So the reason they come in and sponsor these groups, I don't even think they do it. I genuinely, I don't think it was like a plan. I think they just tried what worked and this works. You know, like they they tested, they ABC tested. What are the rallies we can get going? What makes the most money? What leads to the highest productivity? And they keep finding out, you know, look at the Inter-American Bank, their Instagram. It's all LGBTQ stuff. Yeah. It's because it works. It's because those are the groups that buy. And they're the ones that, they're the population that they want in this new world. 
and they're completely okay. The, the trick to understanding all this, I think, is, well, okay, then what about the Trump supporter? What about the 100 million Trump supporters, right? Because that feels like that's such a large population that no capitalist would alienate, right? Why would they do that? Well, you would think they wouldn't. You would think they wouldn't. They are also marching towards this single world, and they believe that the, that group isn't in it. <laughs> they think that that group isn't in the new world. They think that group is going to go away. Like You're eventually. saying the nationalists think the LGBTQ is going to no, go away? No, the other way. The, the globalists yeah. think the nationalists are right. just going to die out. Yeah, well, they, they're, they're actively murdering them with fentanyl right now. Well, so and, and all they everything have a, else. Yeah. Have you been yeah. in the middle of the country at all? Have you been to like the Rust Belt? Dude, I since I settled down and started having kids, no. But I mean, the little bit that I saw where I'm from is in the in the Northeast is bad. It looks but like I've, Syria. I've, I mean, it's like Syria. Have you? Right. Where have you gone? So the the whole reason I knew that Trump was going to get elected is I, I for Vice, well, it's like semi for Vice, semi for this other publication. I was going to go do a documentary of the Rust Belt before yeah. Trump. Damn. So I went and traveled around. I have all this great footage. And of course, nobody would publish it because it was just too, they weren't ready for it. I knew Trump was going to get elected because yeah. I saw, I was like, this place looks like a straight up like bomb. It looks like somebody right. bombed it. Right. Like this does not happen without backlash. Yeah. And that's why I don't really think that like the frogs or the gamer gates, like I really don't think those guys maybe they had some little thing to f putting the framework for yeah. Trump. I think Trump was going to happen. Did you see my tweets about before? that? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, I I I don't know. I don't I still don't know what the fallout's going to be on Frog Twitter. I tweeted a bunch of shit. I just did a huge tweet storm calling out like all the sacred cows of Frog Twitter and one of them was that I said that uh the frogs didn't win the tw they had no effect on the 2016 election I mean, whatsoever. I have to say I agree with that. I, yeah. <laughs> I love I love the frogs. I I think they're great and I think I know. I mean, yeah. Now, but they had nothing to do with it. I mean, like I they, they, they didn't know what was going on. I mean, maybe maybe some of them, their families were affected in some way. But I mean, I think I don't even think. No, a... I don't even yeah. think that. I yeah. think the frogs are like well to do people. Right. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't even think their families were affected by it. Some of them maybe here and there. Uh, and I don't know if people are mad at me because I locked my account. <laughs> right. But I think I think people are mad at me that I said that. We'll but, so talk uh, about that a little bit. What happened when you? Well, I mean, I don't. We don't got... have enough time. We don't have enough time. But <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I got, I, I, yeah, I. They, they, they. See, that's a. It's, you know, it's too much. It's too much to get into. But you're saying exactly what I was trying to say, and I don't know if I did a good job laying it out about how the nationalist thread that was bubbling under the surface, right, is an old thing of the old world, whereas like the right wing online. Shit is like new, like the new culture growing up in the digital age. They're like two different things, like kind of they came together in 2016. The two things came together, like the kids raised online, raised on 4chan, raised on video games, uh, and all came together with the nationalists. But one of them is like the, the generation of the future, and one of them is the generation of the past. And like, I don't really yep. see yep. any way for nationalism to really survive, to survive what, at all. what can yeah. survive, I hope, is like a digitized globalism in which we 
treat America like a, a global empire and that these bombed out places receive the revenue uh, and the produce of our vassal clients all around the planet. But it's this ultimately is like, Americanism. It's global Americanism. Yeah, that's, man. That's global what Americanism. That point exactly. is. It's like we should be thinking about taking it's taking over China. I mean, like well, that's, Trump and Trump that's said what we should this. be thinking. We should be thinking about that. Trump well, has the agenda. Well, he he's just, connected in. That's the amazing thing about Trump is he is truly connected into God. Like he like he is. He doesn't read any of this stuff and he's ahead yeah, of the curve on it. He's ahead of the curve on it before anybody. Somehow. Yeah, but, I have but, no idea. But, he does, though. He does, though, man, because if you look at everything, like if you really start to look at everything that's been coming out, you start to see that it is actually all connected, dude, because Alex Jones, like he says everything that I hear on Frog Twitter. And it, dude, Alex Jones has been 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 like n- like dictating the narrative for like 20 years. He was behind fucking so much like. I can't even believe how much that guy was behind. He's been like basically directing. I, I, I said dictating. I meant directing the narrative, like the countercultural nationalist narrative for 20 fucking years, that guy. But it, when you start to really look at all the different things everyone says, Stephen Miller, uh, Darren Beatty, Alex Jones, Owen, Owen Schroyer, uh, Steve eh, Bannon. Schroyer. Schroyer's just I'm not, the, the protege of... But these guys are all reading Frog fucking Twitter. Oh, of course. Tucker of course. Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Yeah, no. Tucker and this is reading where, This is where all of and they're 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 producers and they're engineers and they're writers. Darren Beatty was a speech writer for Trump. Like these guys are all on Twitter reading all this shit. Yes. You know what I mean? I Some of these guys have read Bronze Age mindset. So all the stuff you're seeing on Frog Twitter, I mean, that's 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 true. The thing that the frogs say that's true is that they said it first, and then you then you hear it in the media, and it's either opposed or they're now that's true. Now but, that's but, true. But exactly. Alex Jones was so far ahead of them. No, no, no. Right. Long. No, I agree totally. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Now and, that's and true. Is, yes. And this is where, like, let's let's uh, peter this out on this. So, so, what is the role? I think the frog Twitter sphere is very intimidating for a lot of people because it has extremely high IQ people like you who dude, I'm just like so one of the stupidest at, people I've ever yeah, met. Yeah, you're on one of the stupidest people on frog Twitter, which should say a lot about frog Twitter. <laughs> so, 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 uh, you know, I think that I got really turned off by dealing with them also for this reason. I got turned off by dealing with Curtis, to be honest. I mean, I, I love Curtis, but it just, for those of us who live in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah who you know like i'm buckled into the people who still live a normie life like real estate bros you know like who i go and drink and do drugs with like freaking yeah, fr- you know fr- fr- twitter like, these are my friends shits so, all like, over those type of people exactly constantly like, i'm buckled into that world right i'm still still you know i'm much more in frog twitter than i've ever been and i'm not leading leaving but i am still somebody who lives in the world right so for those people who yearn to crave art yearn to crave art crave Crave. to make art yeah and who want to be like part of this but they're not really like sure what the role of somebody in it can be like is it time 
for normies to get more involved, I guess is what I'm trying. All to right. Say. Like, do you believe that? This is what we're going to do, bro, because there's so much I want to talk to you about that we didn't get to. We're going to end this conversation on this and then we're going to pick it up on my show. Okay. <laughs> on this. Okay. And we're going to jump off on this. Okay? Okay, okay, okay. And we'll use that to get into your four part essay on woke advertising, which is phenomenal, groundbreaking work. Uh, the short answer to your question, there's a million caveats, but the short answer to your question is yes, absolutely. It's insane that people say that th lots of people, most of the people on frog Twitter, as far as I can tell, say, no, fuck the normies. Yeah. <laughs> Kill all normies is the name of that book Yeah, <laughs> that, by Angela Nagel. You know that book? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. 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 It's called Kill All Normies. Like, yeah. It, she she didn't come up with that. She got that from Frog Twitter. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but 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 your thing, your thing, and I've been thinking about this a lot. I've been thinking about this a lot. Your thing is that like we need to take it into meat space, right? I don't no. even I hate the word meat space because the meat yeah, is, I hate it too. It's, but... it's denigrating. It's denigrating to people like me who you know, I know frogs. I'm good friends with a few of them, and I, I know how they act and I see how they interact. The issue that I have is that the notion of a frog, right? He's somebody who's kind of like you, like almost astoundingly intelligent. Stop. They, like, like they're, they're, they, they've read fucking everything. They know every little, they can talk science. They can talk theory. They can talk all these things. They've read every book. They know all this shit. They're really funny. They're really smart. And they've got a great body because they also work out. They're a perfect person, right? They're the perfect human being. It's, and, it's, and it goes to what we're saying, Nietzsche, Overman, were, this, were, were these incredibly perfect beings that have been ostracized from real life. And, and, but look at how amazing we are, right? Look at how fucking yeah. perfect we are. Yeah. I agree with that to a certain degree. At the same time, social skills, I've seen these guys in action it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, sales, yeah. read Peter Thiel's book. Peter Thiel says sales is the hardest fucking thing you can possibly do. Performance is easier than sales. Yeah. Performance is, yeah, you're alone. I can write, I can read, I can work out. When you start bringing other people into the mix, that's fucking also really, really hard. You know what I mean? Performance is one side of it, but the sales side is also fucking very, very difficult. And I, yeah. I, you know, like there are people that are, I'm not good at that shit really either, but it, I admire people who are because it's like, you know, that's also a skill. So what I worry about is that the, the frogs are, are becoming beautiful ones, right? Do you know the Calhoun beautiful ones experiment? I don't know if I do, but I've heard okay, this so term. To make it really, really short, the beautiful ones experiment, John Calhoun, he makes a rat utopia. Oh yeah. Rat, yes, rat utopia. Course. They replicate, replicate, replicate. And then they reach a certain peak and then the population plummets to zero within like months. What happened when they, in rat utopia, endless food, endless, whatever, the gender roles reversed. The, the men and the women started fighting. And the reason they call it the beautiful ones experiment is that about 20 or 30% uh, of male rats or mice, whatever it is, checked out of society completely. Yeah. And they sat in their rooms and just groomed themselves all day. Yes. So he came in and like looked at these rats and he was like, all the rats are dead. 
besides these rats that are like the most beautiful rats I've ever seen. They're like the perfect <laughs> fucking rats. So it's like, I worry that our guys are fucking perfect rats, but okay, you're stuck in your fucking I room, man. You're not helping anybody. That analogy is not all over frogged. I can't believe I haven't heard that a million times. That's the perfect fucking analogy. Yeah. But I, I gotta, I gotta quickly say, I am not one of these guys. Okay. I am not what, you just described i don't have the perfect body and i'm not brilliant okay i'm just a nerd who fucking reads too much there are guys out there like that you described though there are guys out there who have chiseled physiques who also like give you like a discourse on like any literature or philosopher that you want like these are the guys we rub shoulders with um you i don't have anything to say that i haven't heard you say before but i'm going to repeat it because it bears repeating that's why those guys need normal people they need normal people to uh, the, some of these people, man, they're so fucking insane. They're so fucking insane because they have like the perfect theory, right? For how the perfect government should be run. Okay. And they have it all backed up with like recourse to like scientists and, 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 and sociologists and anthropologists and philosophers. And you hear it and you say, that sounds good. And you read it and you say, wow, that checks out. Right. And then you find out that they don't want anyone to read it. They don't want anyone to like work on it to make it come into being. They don't want anyone to know about it. They don't want anyone to talk about it. They don't want to talk to other people about it. They just want to tweet about it. And if you bother them, they're going to like flip out at you. Okay. And if you, so, so then if you like are like me and you come along and you're just a normal guy and you know how to talk to people, because to answer your very first question, the way I was able to grow a follower following besides BAP helping me. But other than that, it's because I talk about shit normal people care about. I tweet about movies that everyone has seen and I talk about them in interesting ways. And I go on and on and on about them. And people are like, that's my favorite movie and I never saw it that way. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like a normal non-person. But like, if, if you start to like propound the ideas that you got from frog twitter and i'm not going to name people who have done this but there are people who have done this they get viciously attacked constantly by frog twitter and i'm like shouldn't you be thanking that person dude I... shouldn't you be thanking that fucking person and bap talks about this all the time he says he says if you have a big audience and you want to steal our ideas like please do it do yeah, it. yeah 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 just don't turn around and shit on us right right yeah. But the thing is, is that anyone that's what Tucker I, Carlson is doing now, like, yeah. And, and yeah, I, yeah. They, they don't, but he doesn't turn around and shit on them, does he? No, no, no. But he's definitely you see the ideas directly in his. Story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he does it the right way. He does it the right way. But the thing is, dude, is I'll talk to people and I'll be like, like my podcast, dude. Do you know how many people want my podcast to be like to be like uh like actively trying to like raise Hitler from the dead and implement <laughs> fucking the third Reich again in the exact way that it was in Nazi Germany. Yeah. Like, like that's, and I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, do you really think that that's going to like happen? You know what I mean? But, but, but not even do you think that, do you think my podcast is going to like survive? I mean, granted, I don't want that. That's, that's not what I want politically at all. I want Curtis Yarvin's program. Like that's the only program I've ever seen that makes sense. But 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 that's like what we're dealing with. And when I try to discuss with people like there is no point. Tell me if you agree with me. There is no point in having these conversations unless outsiders hear them and get like interested and want to like know more 
and like change their opinion and they're like fuck that they don't like fuck normies like they don't they're 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 hopeless like they get the wall and i'm like okay sure sure like leftists and communists absolutely but the vast majority of these people I, 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 I would I would I would I would estimate that at least half of the people who voted for Biden did so lukewarmly because they're like, uh, you know, I got to vote for somebody. I guess I'll vote for this guy. Like all those people can be converted. You just need the right, like charismatic person with the right message. You know what I mean? That doesn't set off alarm bells in their head. Like, no, of course, you're not going to get like the gender studies woman who's like half Navajo and half African-American who you know, has a PhD in like intersectional LGBT, whatever studies and like half dreadlocks and, you know, uh, a bone through their nose, right? You're not going to convert that person, but you shouldn't try. But you definitely should try to convert like normal people who are just hanging out doing nothing. Didn't Emma I mean, do you agree with me? Yes, I do. I, I, I agree with you. I don't know if I'd say there's no point. I think you could say, of course, you know, honing the skill amongst your people. And, and this is the the um, Alfred Alfred J. Knock point or whatever that I talked about in my oh, yeah, piece, great right? Point. The remnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, there there's certainly something to be said about incubating the, the science, right? Amongst only people who get it. Well, I think that's fine. Well, yeah, but... I, but... But I think that now we're, again, to return to Nietzsche, we're now at the bridge point. And we're now at the point where... Um, it's it's crystallized. It's formulated enough that uh, people can start selling the message, and and normal people can start selling it. And you know the the people who are uh, um, feeling bad out there, you know, there are people feeling bad uh, can feel better, which happened to you. You know, I mean, I think you you found something that really helped to frame your life in a in a much more productive and better way. And I think so many people out there are dealing with um real psychic pain and and, uh, despair and feeling totally hopeless and this is a glimmer of hope for sure and i think it's uh, open to definitely not everyone as you just said it's not open to everybody but i think there's a lot of people that it is open to yeah i don't i don't want everybody there are people that i don't think should be addressed or talked to at all like there are definitely like huge swaths of the population that i just do not think we should talk to and if they come around we should immediately like kick them out because they're 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 just going to make things worse but you have to be able to tell who's who you know what i mean and i think i think that um wait hold on so give me a second here because oh knock you talked about knock yeah, uh, yarvin knock, right yarvin, but the incubator yeah. period uh, but that's this is the thing right this is one of the reasons that i was so amped to talk to you the incubator period is clearly over. They did yeah, that part. Right. Now it's time. Curtis Yarvin is like making the rounds. He's going on all the shows. He's in person all the time now. Like the incubating period is over and now it's time to take this like to the world and it's time to like do something about it. And basically like, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I told you I didn't want to name drop. I don't want to like, I, I, I think... This is just my opinion. I don't talk to these people, okay? I have people DM me that like, hey, what does Curtis Yarvin think? I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know, okay? <laughs> Somebody who's a mutual friend of ours that I just randomly happened to like f- f- coerce into getting him on my show, uh, 
got him on my show. Like, I don't talk to the guy. Like, I, I DM'd Bab once and he was like super friendly and responsive and retweeted me. But we're not best friends. I don't text him. I wish I could. Right. But I don't. <laughs> but but what I'm observing, though, what I'm observing is I, I have to assume that they're getting geared up for 2024. Like, I think I, I these guys blow my mind because like I just I dude, I really do just want to grill. Like, I really do just want to grill. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I want to have you talked about this You're with like, Matt and Dan. Yeah, I'm a hobbit and yeah, I'm proud of it. Yeah, me too. Um, like you talked about Matt and Dan, you talked about meeting anons in real life right it's not like you're gonna meet up and fucking make seditious plans to overthrow the government the fbi is gonna raid you no you're probably gonna get together and have a beer and talk about blade runner yeah right you know what yeah, i'm saying exactly. like yeah, yeah like yeah. if i had a party of anons at my house i would grill everybody's steaks give everybody beers and we would talk about like blade runner yeah, you know right, right, right but that's not what curtis and, and bap are doing at all like at all like they are out rallying the fucking troops dude they are out motivating people they are like setting the agenda and putting it in their blogs and putting it in their tweets and putting it on their podcast like they're making the rounds like curtis jarvin is being photographed he's very public right now yeah, very and public. he's getting all these people stirred up why the fuck do you think he's doing that is he doing it for self-aggrandizement no he's not is he doing it as uh, default friend said, and I thought this was a really cool insight, although I think she's wrong, but I think it's funny as hell. She's like, oh, he's he's a poet. He sees himself as a poet and all this other stuff is this other stuff he does on the side. But that's where it gets the audience. And now he has this captive audience that he can read his poetry to. And I think that's funny that she said it's that. Funny, but but it's not wrong. true. Yeah. It's not true at <laughs> all. Totally it's not untrue. true at all. What he's really doing yeah. is he's stirring people up for 2024 yeah, in my opinion i think you're right yeah no that's a great point i think you're definitely right so uh, these guys are like not normal people they're <laughs> like and, and yeah. let, let me let me say one of these last no they're last not thing. you're right there yeah. there are people who are uh, operating on a different level that's that's for sure I, I have something to say about them that is the corniest cringiest thing maybe that i've ever said on record Okay. which is that it's really true it's really fucking true right that we are all playing checkers and they're playing 4d chess they really are if you really closely read their work and you hang on their every word because this that's just how i am i'm just an obsessive italian neurotic and i just read everything that i can get my hands on by like the people that i like okay yeah, yeah. so i like obsessively read these guys and think about it constantly and it just dawned on me i'm like these guys actually have a long-term plan and they have a long-term goal and they went into this with steps that they want to take they're playing 4d chess and everything they're doing is building towards that goal and like you cannot knock them off i mean i haven't tried but people have tried and you can't knock them off. Like you're not like, and Curtis Jarvin even said like on my show, he, he even said like, it's like coming to pass, like it's happening. You know what I mean? And, and he's talking about shit that he laid out in like 2007 and but, I interviewed him in 2022. Yeah. I mean, Curtis is an absolute total genius. He's like a literal uh, actual he, certified he, genius. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I've, you know, in being around him, he's, he's uh, like that. But, um, and you know, yeah, it's right. If you look at anything he said, he's so right, so many steps in the future. But 
The only thing before we're done, I just want to push back on one thing. Okay. I don't want what you just said. Those guys are geniuses, but they're mind geniuses. They're not heart geniuses. And ultimately what all of them need, what all this whole movement needs is heart because Alex Jones, Donald Trump, those guys are pure heart. They're not. You don't think think BAP has heart though? I think BAP has heart. BAP has some heart, but he's an anon. You know, I mean, it's like, it's, it's pretty impossible to have real heart as an, I mean, look, I love BAP, but being an anon, it's, you're not in, I don't want to use the meat space word. You're not in the physical world. Right. You know right. I mean? Like, I believe he, yeah. I believe what he says. I believe he does the things he says. And no, no. I think he's great. And look, the mind has an equal role to play as the heart, right? The mind has an equal role to play. But the mind and the heart are now are still pretty disconnected. As you said, right. we still have the Trump group over here and we have these guys over here. It's getting better. We're getting closer. We're moving together. Yeah. But I think now it's time for a whole new phase of people who are <clears throat> closer to the heart. Because ultimately, the heart is far more powerful than the brain. Yeah, the, the heart no, can, look, get, they can get the brain going, right? The heart can like the brain. I'm oh, sorry. The brain can get the heart moving. Right, right. But the heart has to, the heart has to move. No, and, you're right. You're right. And that's the thing that I would just say to these guys is like, yeah, plot all fucking day, do whatever you need to do, but don't think that it's doable without bringing in the, the next phase of people, this next, this bridge, well, listen, phase, you know, I agree with you a thousand percent. Very well said, very well said. And you're right. And you're, you're also right about Bap. even though Bap does have heart. I think he's even said once on a show that like, his role is to like be like the the crazy you know guy on the podcast who's like transmitting his agenda to the world like he's not going to be the guy out in the street he's like an oracle he's like i mean don't quote me on that but i think he i I think he said that i think he said that but either way that's that's what he is but listen you guys were talking about like if hot girls show up to your party it's like people are going to come it's going to be a good party like look at who Curtis Jarvin is hanging out with like the Red Scare girls you know what I mean he's hanging out with like Dasha Nekrasova so like you don't need and I get so this is another thing that like makes me so frustrated with like the scene like they you don't need a fucking dour uh you know you know conqueror looking guy or like a Napoleon looking guy to get up there you need a cute little dit like Dasha to get up there and talk about it because everybody's going to go and like follow it. And every, and then Curtis Yarvin is sitting there in the audience. Um, Now to to your, and, and, and a big argument I got in on Twitter was because of that, that Dutch blonde woman from, from the Netherlands Uh, people were shitting on her for like getting involved. And I'm like, this is the perfect spoke person, like a gorgeous fertile looking young blonde woman from the Northern Europe is the exact person it's like god sent her to be the spokesperson for like the anti-globalization movement and you guys are like taking a piss on her and the last thing i want to say about the heart thing is this is what uh like blake masters blake masters is the man he's the best but like i was paying attention to him for a while and like watching his speeches and stuff and i was kind of like man this guy's fucking awesome but he's so like down tempo he's so like he's so droll and he's so like technocratic in his speech you know he's brilliant obviously and he's handsome and he's in shape and he's got all the right ideas but he has like no pep he's got no spunk and now people are saying he's going to lose i don't know why they're saying that i think he's going to win i hope he wins trump just needs to like dude trump just needs to like 
drill home like this is the guy vote for blake masters but like i wish i wish we had a blake masters who like i don't know had like a a bit more like verve to him you know what i mean maybe yeah. his like pecs like stuck out like a little bit more and he like yeah. cracked a smile and made a joke and like winked at the ladies you know what i mean like yeah i wish he said shit like grab him by the pussy like he if we had a blake masters like a donald trump personality and a blake masters body yeah. like i'd be like that's our next caesar right there well yeah oh man i think we'll get something i think we'll get something It'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, I think you're totally right that it's like, but, but it's good. You're right about heart. The steps are there. It's moving closer, right? It's like moving. We're, we're getting closer. You know, it's not, it's, you know, and once we connect, then we'll, that'll be it. Let's talk about this in detail when you come on my show, but like, don't you think what Curtis is doing in New York, even though those like scenester kids like seem really annoying and fake, like the dime square people, like, don't you think that's what he's trying to do? Yes, I think that's definitely what he's trying right. to do. I think, right. um, you know, I went I went to those parties when I was out there with Urbit, and uh, I think, um, I think that's definitely what he's trying to do. Okay. And I, <laughs> okay. whether or not he's doing it, I I don't know. I don't know if uh, this scene is exactly where he wants to be. I, I'm, I, I worry that um, that scene is maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, a spiritual misstep is what I would yeah. say. But uh, yeah. well, it remains to be seen. I don't want to talk shit about those people. I, they seem perfectly fine to me. I, I really don't know. But um, anyway, all right, let's wrap this up. Come, come on my show and talk about them. I want to talk about... I want to talk about your whole thing about how the Anon stuff needs to get into real life and your woke advertising piece. So, you know, I didn't mean to come here and talk fucking politics so much, but no, dude, this was, this was awesome. I I'm really glad we actually here. Let's, let's cut the mic and we'll, we'll all right. All okay. Right. Astroflight, astroflight.substack.com. Yes. Yeah. I'll put it in the notes. All okay. right, cool. I'm stopping recording now. <laughs>